power hour lsu boom all night long yes Let's freaking go. The rare 430 in the evening live stream. Good to be with you. Obviously, one question that I have been consistently being asked about is, will JV and Toviano and Whit Weeks actually play more moving forward? Because while Toviano played a good portion of the Alabama game, we really didn't see much of Whit Weeks at all. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, the big story as we move closer to the Florida game Will Jaden Daniels play? We got an update earlier today that Jaden Daniels is indeed uh, improving day-to-day, obviously practicing and all that good stuff. And on Thursday, we will learn more information. So it really is a day-to-day situation. Um, Obviously, it's pretty straightforward how different things move if Jaden is going to be the guy or if Garrett Nussmeyer uh, is going to be the guy. They are two uh, completely different quarterbacks, but I don't know how much the offense would change uh, too much because so much of what LSU does or what so much of uh, what makes Jaden Daniels special is a scrambling ability, right? And if he's a scrambler, that means, you know, the passing plays are still being called. He's the one that's actually uh, the running after um, uh, when, when nothing is open down the field. So I think for me, we'll know more by uh, the Thursday night uh, live stream. And we will have a special guest on Thursday night. So we hope you uh, join in for that. But right now. It's just going to come down to the concussion protocol, right? If they truly feel he is able to go and able to continue, that is what you want, right? Um, I know some of you feel that the long term for LSU football is better served if Garrett Nussmeyer gets the chance to start versus Florida. And you are right about that. You know, if Garrett Nussmeyer is able to get a start, um, he is able, of course, to get that SEC experience um, as you know his career moves forward. But what I would also say is a quarterback going to New York City for the Heisman Trophy ceremony is more important than anything else uh, because there is no bigger award in sports given out individually than a Heisman Trophy, right? NBA MVPs don't matter as much as Heisman trophies, MLB MVPs, NFL MVPs. They just don't matter as much as what a Heisman trophy can do for your career, right? There are a bunch of Heisman trophy winners that didn't do anything at the next level, but because they're a Heisman trophy winner, um, they're able to demand high speaking engagement fees. They're able to still be a part of Nissan Heisman trophy campaigns. And if your brand is associated with that, uh, it's huge, right? So, you know, I feel as if it's better for LSU if Jaden Daniels continues to play because if he is all souped up and ready to go for the Florida Gators game, he is going to light them up. And a big reason why I personally am making the trip for this LSU Florida game is because I want to see Jaden Daniels in the flesh yet again, 
Okay, he's just so special. Uh, he's meant a lot to me in this channel, and uh, I, I want to see him continue to cook and develop because you know it is a little bit different. Uh, his jump from Joe Burrow's jump, it, it's it's different because Joe didn't get the opportunity to play in uh, an offense with actual vertical passing concepts. Right, it was still more of a run based attack than 2018, and then in 2019 you saw the leap. You know, the 2022 LSU offense isn't as radically different from the 2023 offense than what it was from 2018 to 2019. So um, important uh, to point that out. So I do think it is better for LSU if Jaden continues to play because it also gives us a better chance to win. We say hi to Skipper, Todd, Christopher, Roy, Dwayne, Kenneth. And we'll go to Roy's question first. Would you rather Daniels win the Heisman but Alabama win the Natty or Daniels not get to New York but Bama doesn't make the CFP? Um, Obviously, I'd prefer Jaden Daniels. And look, the truth here is, yes, I, I don't like it when Alabama wins. I don't. Uh, it's just the same old, same old, right? I, I would much rather Georgia win a third in a row than Alabama even get to the playoff, right? Uh, but look. I, I want Jaden to win this Heisman Trophy so bad. And I think there are enough rational people out there that can look at our situation and see how much he has actually lifted and carried us um, more so than anything else. Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to try and get to some Brian Kelly audio from the teleconference via Jacques Doucet, um a little bit later. But I do want to talk about the young guys. Um, I went back yet again. Uh, and rewatch the LSU Alabama game. All right. I was getting a lot of things ready for the SEC channel. And one thing I cut earlier today is all of Garrett Nussmeyer's reps versus Alabama. I broke them down into deep detail on Patreon. And there was one thing that really stood out to me with Garrett Nussmeyer's reps. And it has to do with one of LSU's best players on offense. Um, and I think that held Garrett Nussmeyer back uh, at the end. And I explained it all on Patreon. You can check it out for yourself. I I got to be real. I understand Garrett Nussmeyer's numbers did not look good versus Alabama. I thought his performance was really freaking good. Uh, if you factor in um, the extra context to what he had to deal with in that situation. So, I honestly thought it was borderline very, very, very good, even though the numbers don't um, show that, okay? I didn't think I'd get as much pushback saying that earlier this week on Tuesday, um, but he, he looked pretty damn good to me. Uh, so there you go. Now, as far as the young guys playing, I am a little disappointed I am a little disappointed. Actually, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very disappointed that Whit Weeks didn't get his opportunity to play versus Alabama. It was very strange to me, okay? If anything, even if you don't think he is as good as Greg Penn, or if you don't think he's as good as, as, good as Omar Spades, I mean— I don't think people understand that some offenses are more exhausting to defend than other offenses. 
And to me, the most exhausting offenses you have to play are the offenses where you have to run down the opposing team's quarterback consistently. Playing a dual threat quarterback is exhausting, especially, you know, I think in this last game, you had the two best runners at the quarterback position going mano a mano, right? And, you know, I was able to watch them all 22 of Jalen Milrow earlier today, and his burst is truly insane. Whit Weeks is faster than both Greg Penn and Omar Spates. And please, in the comment section, correct me if I'm wrong on that. If anything, it would have given those guys some rest or at the very least given Alabama a different look. Okay. I, I am very shocked Whit we, we, Weeks did not play more in this game. Very, very, very shocked. Okay. And I, I'll be straight up with you. Here's why the Whit Weeks and, and the Toviano thing bothers me. Okay. I understand that how I see the players might be different than how the coaches see it, how you guys see it. But I I I really liked Whit Weeks coming in. Like a lot of the stuff he's done this year isn't the absolute most shocking thing to me. I always thought he was more of a year two guy than a year one guy, but his high school tape was absolutely absurd. It's one of the best high school tapes I've ever seen from any uh, LSU prospect. Now, once again, that's only a, a portion of it, right? Um, the truth, though, is he deserved playing time versus Alabama. He did. Now, would that have changed anything? No, because Milrow had so much open space to run through, it, it would not have changed anything at all, okay? But he would have given us just a little something different, I I, I feel. Um, so, you know, I, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Could it be that he's just a freshman? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But he's got to play more, and... There needs to be more questioning. Okay, look. After a second rewatch, Toviano's performance was a little bit rougher uh, than, than I initially remembered, but it still wasn't bad. It still wasn't as bad as the other, uh, as some of the other corners who have played. Okay, so I thought Toviano was good. Uh, obviously, the run fitting was was worse than obviously what he did in in, in pass coverage. We need to see this Florida game, though, before we, you know, blanket statements say that Toviano not playing earlier in the season was was not smart um, because Florida's got two really good wide receivers, Eugene Wilson, who is also a true freshman, and Ricky Pearsall, who is, of course, a good friend of Jaden Daniels, their former teammates at Arizona State. So um, I, I'm very interested to see how Toviano matches up versus a quarterback in Graham Mertz who's not going to run. Okay, he's going to actually throw it. So this will be a matchup where Toviano, if he does play, is going to get tested way more. And he's going to play. He's probably going to start opposite say Ryan. So, you know, it's it, it was interesting though. It was interesting. Now, why do I single out in the title of this video, JV and Toviano Whit Weeks? Well, it's not necessarily that they're true freshmen, okay? It's that they were both early enrollees, right? So it's I, I've always thought the early enrollee thing is is overrated, right? I think 
life would be so much easier on everyone involved if we just made National Signing Day on um, in, in February, right? Bring back the Bayou Bash, make every high school kid in America sign in February. That's a debate for the offseason. Still, I think there is some value in early enrolling because you get there earlier, right? That makes it even less of an excuse to not play them, right? It's not like they just showed up to campus, right? It's not like they enrolled in the fall. Um, they, they've been around, right? And one thing to keep in mind, it was just a spring game. But Whit Weeks and Toviano had good spring games, okay? They had good practices, per my sources. Um it it never there was never really a time where um they didn't look like they belonged. Something else I like about them is once again, it, I could be wrong on this. I could have just been fed bad information. So whenever it gets into um these kinds of things, it's all in the eye of the beholder and people who are actually there every day. So this is just a disclaimer, but both of them are good teammates. Okay. Um, you know, they, they, they interview well, uh, that, you know, if you listen to any JV and Toviano interview, you would think that that kid was going to be the next Josh Dobbs, right? The next rocket scientist. And the kid is unreal when it comes to, um, uh, being compelling, right? I, I still go back and I look at the video, JV and Toviano shot of the Alabama game last year. Um, and and same thing's true for, for Whit Weeks, right? He, we've seen him do interviews this year uh, with LSU football. Um, they're, they're both compelling and, and guys that seem like they're locked in and, and played at good high schools. I don't know. I, I would like to see them more moving forward. We're definitely going to see Toviano, but I want to see more Whit Weeks. I, I, I do. I do. Okay. Big Al says back in his day. It's good to see you, Big Al. Tell uh, Desi, I said hello. World War II vets are calling it. Well, we got a World War II comment. Uh, you know, you know, you're throwing it back, man. If you guys saw Big Al's photo, um, if you're watching this or, or just listening to this via podcast, you'd be like, "Yeah, uh, Big Al, he was there for World War II after he uh, delivered presents um, in in December." Uh, good to see you, Big Al. Even if you were better and more reliable, seniority and the good old boy system ruled. I hated that stuff. I had to eat it too. Huh? 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 Yeah. But yeah, understand. Weeks and Toviano aren't without fault. Okay. It, it is it is it is a little bit of a tough pill to to swallow, though, that these guys uh weren't playing earlier in the season. Okay. Now, I'll save this for tomorrow's live stream. Okay. <sighs> you know, it's it's interesting. So I, I do a film study every Sunday night. Okay. Um, the time and how long the film study depends on on the game, right? There's some film studies I do. They they're they're an hour. Some are an hour and a half. Normally they're about an hour and a half. Okay, but there's plays I even cut out or plays that I don't get to. Okay, 
one thing that just drives me insane about the LSU defense, okay, is, and I, I know I keep hammering home this point, but if you really watch them closely, you will pick up on more things than you initially thought, okay? And there was one play in particular that that drove me insane, okay? And I'll break it down. It'll be uh, posted on Twitter and also posted um, on the live stream tomorrow night, okay? All I need you to do is understand one thing defensively. If there is something you, even if you're not a film guy or gal, you should never defensively have two people in the same gap. It should never happen. Never, ever. Okay? Never, ever should it happen. There are few instances where that would even be a plausible thing to do, right? If it's fourth and inches and they're trying to tush push, then yeah, you should fire a defensive tackle through one of the A-gaps and try to see if you can get a linebacker to submarine right behind it, okay? Or, Or jump over the top and make a play. So never, ever say never, ever. But in all actuality, you should never, ever be in the same gap. The LSU defense this season has been experts at being in the same gap, okay? Experts. I I don't get it. I I don't get it. It does not make a whole lot of sense to me. And what I think happened is, you know, from, from last year's team to this year's team, there is a piece of me that thinks either, one, Matt House isn't making these very simple fixes to tell his defensive fronts to not be in the same gap, okay? Or number two, the players out there are just freelancing it, okay? They they, they don't understand this, okay? Which makes no sense to me. Gap integrity is one of the easier things you do defensively. It's one. It, it's honestly elementary. If he's going through the A gap, that's his responsibility. My job is the B gap, or my job is the opposite A gap, or my job is to loop around and be the new contained defender. It's not hard. It's really, really, really not hard. Where I think we begin to struggle, though, is sometimes the play is not for you to make. Okay, the play is for you to be a decoy to let someone else make a play. Okay, that's why it's so important to understand this. Your job isn't always to be the one to go make the play. You can sometimes on defense set other people up to make a play. Okay, I'll tell you this. One of the most underrated LSU football players probably of the modern era It's Tyler Shelvin, okay? What did Tyler Shelvin do for LSU football? He existed. That's pretty much it. He existed in the middle of the LSU defense. And his sheer existence gave offenses issues. Because you know what Tyler Shelvin does? He eats up space. He did something called two-gap. He was such a talented player, he was able to play two gaps at once which opens a lot of things up for what you can do defensively, okay? Guess what? 
Tyler Shelvin was perfectly content never making a play, never making a tackle, never making a sack. Because that was that wasn't really his job. It wasn't really uh, his role. Okay, we we've got we've got to hammer that home. All right. Um, there was instances in the Alabama game too early in the game where even with Milrose speed, we should have had him sacked. But the only reason we did not sack him is because we had two people running through the same exact gap. Never seen it before. Never seen it. Okay. Even the Orgeron defenses, they um, never seen it. Never seen it. Okay. So there you go. Uh, we'll take a few more questions here before I get to my next topic. Let's go to Zay. He says, Carter, Sadron officially a bust now? Okay. I'll never call someone a bust if they play. Okay. To me, um, it is is a a bust would be someone who just gives you absolutely nothing. Okay, um, they 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 don't show up or they don't play at all. Okay, Sage has played, so I can't just call him like a complete bust per se. He's not really been that good. Um, I think there's a lot of different factors contributing to that. Um, but I, it, I think it's pretty clear at this point, he is well under expectations. Okay. And the sad reality here is, um, this LSU team will probably have more five stars on it that fell under expectations than any other LSU team, uh, that I can remember. Okay. Um, it's 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 been a tough year for Mason. I don't think it's been necessarily as bad as some would think, but it's it's not been that great of a year for him. Um, you know, you're never really quite yourself until the second year after the uh, an ACL injury, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I hope he comes back and 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 gets back into full shape, but. You know, I, the the other three five stars that, that come to mind that just just haven't really done it for us this year. Obviously, John Emery. Um, a lot of that, of course, is is academics that that's held him back up to this point. And then, of course, Denver Harris and and uh, Sage Ryan. Um, you know, as far as Sage is concerned, look, it, it's it's just been a tough year. It's just been a really, really, really tough year. And I think what potentially could have happened to him is the injury he had his senior year of high school changed who he was as a player, right? I don't think – if I remember correctly, I don't think it was anything too, too, too serious, but he was hurt. And then his freshman year, he was hurt again, right? You know, two injury-riddled seasons back-to-back can really stunt your development as a young defensive back because, I mean, you got to have the juice, man. DB is a position where, you know, athleticism is is pretty much a a, a non-negotiable. You know, I I mean, Darrell Rivas was not a blazer by any stretch of the imagination, okay? Um, 
so you could be a good DB and not and not be, um, you know, Tariq Woolen uh, as an athlete, but but yeah, you know, th- th- there's plenty of people uh, from Lafayette who know Sage and um, who, who watch his channel, and and he was a great player at LCA. They'll tell you this: Hey, he is not a DB; he is a wide receiver, or excuse me, a running back. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know, but yeah, it's 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 been tough. It's 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 just been a, a very tough career. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it's 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 just tough. It's just really really tough to 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 not see him live up to the expectations. And the strange thing about that is. There are a lot of five stars that go to LSU. A lot. The one position where the five star really has never busted is defensive back, right? Uh, Jamal Adams, obviously superstar. Um, you know, Kevin Tolliver was a five star, can't can't miss guy. For the most part, a very good player. He wasn't a special player, but he was very good. Um, Patrick Peterson, five star, obviously really freaking good. Uh, you know, Dante Jackson wasn't quite a five-star. Some services had him at a five-star. Obviously, Dante Jackson is is one of the most versatile LSU defensive backs ever. Um, Derek Stingley gave you one elite year of production, and uh, he's an all-time talent, first-round draft pick, five-star. Um, so, you know, you look at the five-stars that, that have come here and then have been defensive backs. They are near – I mean, as – loaded of a position with no whiffs as you could find. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. It's really, really, really tough. Uh, Cliff disagrees with the, would say, just get to a few more here. Once again, if you super chat, we'll go straight to it. Um, why? And um, one of you texted me earlier today, why are you going at four 30? It's so early. Uh, I do have uh, a new position where I'm a uh, play-by-play for uh, some college basketball teams. So that's obviously really cool. So I've got a game I have to do uh, tonight and I have a game I have to do uh, tomorrow, but the live stream will still remain the same. So uh, 8.15 Central tomorrow night. All right, let's go to Chile. Carter, honest question. Is this defensive staff hurting the development of Harold Perkins? Um. No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I I don't. I think obviously Harold Perkins is uh, not had the same impactful season as he had last year. He is playing a new ish kind of role. the The tough thing about it, Jilly. So since I've been doing um, high school evaluations, Harold Perkins is still by far the best prospect I, I've I've seen. Um, since Derek Singley, you know, well, since 2019. So he is so far and away the the, the best high school prospect I've seen um, come to LSU since that season, right? But my position on him has always been the same. He doesn't really have a position. He's just a beast, right? And that's always been the issue is where is his best position? What what can we do to maximize the return on Harold Perkins' transcendent playmaking abilities, ball skills, instincts. And the answer to that is complicated. Um, 
you know, some guys are just tweeners and that's part of the dilemma, but he is a special football player. I don't think this season has necessarily stunted his development. I don't. Um, and it's not like Harold Perkins has just had a bad season, right? Um, take a look at the power five games up to this point, tough game versus Alabama, tough game versus Auburn, Tough-ish game versus Arkansas. Made a few good plays mixed in there. But really good game. Um, versus, no, I mean, I mean, I meant to say tough-ish game versus Arkansas. Um, really good game versus Auburn. Really good game versus Missouri. Actually, very, very good game versus Missouri. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think this season is as done as development, right? Now, of course, last year he was absolutely positively lights out. But still. Now. Let me take a look at this. Uh, trying to read the latest on this Michigan thing. It doesn't really look like uh, anything crazy. So, Zion, good to see you, buddy. Kedrick says, I hope uh, GP and Spates are gone after this year. Well, this is uh, Spates' last year of eligibility. Been a a very tough year. Been a very tough year. I honestly thought he was going to be a really good player for us. Um, Greg, I I don't think Greg's had a bad year. He's he's had some some bad moments, though. Uh, So there you go. Now, next topic I wanted to get to. It's a follow-up on on what we actually led – the stream with yesterday which was a big picture question was this season a failure and i, I now that i've slept on it and, and re-listened uh to the episode I, I don't like to ever call any season like just a failure right because it's if if you do it, it's as if you didn't learn anything or if you didn't do anything right we've done a lot right this season I think the difference between failure and over or under expectations um, is is are, are two different things, right? Were we under expectations this season? Yes, we were under expectations this season. Are we a team that can win more games this year and get us um, – Um, and, and can we obviously still get to a really good bowl game? Yes. Yes. I think one thing that would be good for LSU and I've seen the bowl, I've seen the bowl projections. It does seem to set itself up for an LSU versus Notre Dame bowl game. I think if LSU wins out or Notre Dame wins out, you have two programs about at the same like level this season, right? Multiple losses. Obviously, you could tell they're very good teams. They're not elite, elite, elite teams. 
Let's go to Rob G in the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Rob, for Super Chat of the evening. He says, Carter, I agree JD is great, but when people say he was better than Joe, I question. Uh, I, I will say this. As great as I think Jaden is, I, I don't think I personally have ever said he was better uh, than than Joe. Um, yeah, I, I think my point this weekend, though, was Jaden had a Joe Burrow-level performance uh, versus Alabama. Their QBRs were identical. Um, in their games. Uh, he makes a good point. JB in two seasons was 25 and three. JD in two seasons is 16 and seven, and the season's not over yet. Let's give JD his due and JB his. Yeah, so I'm going to make one thing clear, okay? Jaden is not Joe Burrow. I don't think Jaden ever wanted to be, wanted, wanted anything to do with the Joe Burrow comparisons, right? Um, they're, honestly, th- their personalities are honestly very similar, right? Very affable guys, very tough guys. They don't like missing games. They get hit like absolute crazy and pop back up. They both put in a lot of work. They both had, you know, supersonic leaps from their year one to year two starts. Both were year four and year five transfers into the program. And obviously the biggest difference and one thing that Jaden had over Joe uh, going for him as an advantage is he had three years of starters experience and he had two years with the modern offense where Joe Burrow only had one year with the modern offense, right? Um, but yeah, Joe's record is uh, significantly better than Jaden Daniels' record. But it is important to point out that quarterback wins and losses are very much an overrated stat. Now, they are part of the equation, but, you know, Joe Burrow had a far better defense, right? And, you know, we're talking about Tyler Shelvin earlier um, in, in this live stream. We don't have a Tyler Shelvin on our team, right? Tyler Shelvin's backup, Siaki Ika, would probably be our best defensive tackle uh, obviously, the scheme would be different, but if we had one of those guys, uh, either one of those guys, we'd be able to run the scheme that Matt House ran versus Kentucky. Okay, um, you know, I truly do believe, though, if we were just to look at the numbers, Jaden is having a Joe Burrow season in terms of his own individual play. Where I would say that where Joe does separate from Jaden is the let's say let's take the Ole Miss game for instance. Joe Burrow is completing that final rollout to Malik Neighbors, right? That was uh, a very weird miss from Jaden, right? Joe, I think, is completing that pass and Jaden wasn't able to make the throw. Um and it was there. Joe also had a, a near perfect game in every game where Jaden, of course, in the first game versus Florida State was very good, but he wasn't elite, elite. Joe was elite, elite in every single game he played in 2019. So, you know, I think the hard thing for anyone to do, and this goes for any quarterback, really, is Joe was just perfect in almost every game. Almost every single game, you got perfect quarterback play. And, uh, Jaden, of course, is I, I think is in that realm of, of of greatness when you just look at the stats. And 
the final thing, but you know, I, I, I listed a few things that Jaden had going for him compared to Joe. The one thing that Joe had in his favor is Joe had a defense. Okay. Now, was the defense great in all those games? No, they weren't great versus Texas. Uh, they obviously weren't great in the second half versus Alabama, but they they were they were very good. The LSU defense of 2019 was very good. Now they weren't dominant. They were very good. Okay. And for anyone that disagrees with that, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to our interview we did with Patrick Queen earlier in the year, where he cleared up a lot of the things that were misconceptions about the defense. And he shared like a few things about specific games, like the Ole Miss game and all of that. Right. Um, There you go. And that's true, Race. I, I would not. I would not disagree with that. That uh, we definitely do not beat Alabama if Clyde Edwards-Helaire did not have one of the greatest games we've ever seen from an LSU Tiger in any position. But that kind of adds to the point that Rob is making, though, right? Is that, and it's 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 honestly just blatantly clear, okay? The thing that concerned me in in this Alabama game this past weekend, okay, was to beat Alabama. The one thing you consistently see with teams that beat Alabama is you have to have multiple players play their best games of the season. You you really do, okay? So let's take last year versus Alabama, all right? And let's list the players who played their best games of their college careers, if we're being honest, okay? Mason Taylor played the best game of his collegiate career last year versus Alabama, blocking and receiving, okay? Josh Williams played probably the best game of his collegiate career versus Alabama last year. Jarek Bernard Converse, one of the best performances we've ever seen from an LSU defensive back versus Alabama last year, okay? Um Will Campbell shut down Will Anderson, a first-round draft pick outside of one play in the first half where Will got it, Will Anderson got a sack and we scored on the next play. So, you know, to beat Alabama, you got to have all these people step up. And versus Alabama this year, we had two players play at their absolute best, and that was Malik Neighbors and Jaden Daniels. And Josh also was having a really good game. He started getting cooked. He started to cook. And that was about it, okay? Our special teams was at the sharpest. Um, you know, you got to remember that Alabama game in 2019. K. York hit some big field goals. We missed a big field goal. Um, we, we just weren't our sharpest. You know, our offensive line uh, had their worst game of the season versus Alabama. You know, in order to win the game, you got to have those things go your way. You've got to have your defense get you some type of stop, uh, so yeah, I mean, th- those things are, are, are very critical if you are to slay the dragon and it doesn't matter which Alabama team it is, right? You, you gotta have guys step up. You just do. So yeah, um, to finish up Rob's super chat here, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Jaden could have three lights out games. Um, and he, I, he won the Heiser trophy. I think. It's it's going to be nearly impossible for someone uh, to 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 ever 
really get to Joe Burrow's greatness uh, at the quarterback position. Um, also, something else. Uh, one other reason why I want Jaden to keep playing is because I'm interested to see what Malik does in these final three games. Billy, good to see you. Uh, Rumble says this season uh, is a failure. He's tell- he's calling me delusional. Um, we're losing the best players on our offense. We haven't built a dang thing to look forward to. There's been no development at all. Okay. So who are we losing on offense? Well, we're losing Jaden. We're losing Malik. We're probably going to lose BTJ. Okay. Um, and uh, Logan, I-, I think Logan will, will jump. But we return Will. We return Emory Jones. We might return the entire offensive line for a third season. Okay. Uh, I don't know what Charles Turner, Miles Frazier, and Gary Dellinger are going to do. I just don't. We return Mason Taylor. Okay. Now, it is going to be near impossible for Garrett Nussmeyer to play as good as Jaden Daniels in his first full year as a starter. Okay. And there is going to be growing pains going from a quarterback who is drastically different to, than, than Garrett Nussmeyer, right? Doesn't mean you, you can't still put out a championship level team. It doesn't mean that at all, right? And no matter what, our defense is, is going to be better next year just by default. Okay. Let's go to Cliff. LSU didn't need the best game uh, for multiple players. LSU needed to stop Milrow from scrambling on third down. Horrible coaching by House by not spying. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it... it it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, insane. Any word you want to describe it, it's wild. Absolutely wild to see that. Okay. Let me see here. Making sure I'm not missing anything Jaden related. Now it looks like uh, nothing new. I've been refreshing my phone every two seconds. So um, what I'll do though is I'll play the um, I'll play his clip. Here, actually, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll play this clip from Jacques Doucet. This was um, Brian Kelly earlier today at the um, the press conference, or, or excuse me, at the teleconference. And type Y for yes if you're able to hear this. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he worked out this morning, uh, and um, it, it appears as though um, that workout went well, which is the. Uh, the last stage um, before he's cleared uh, for non-contact practice. So 
Uh, we're expecting uh, him to practice today. Um, if if uh, all things go well through uh, practice today, then then he'll be cleared for contact on Thursday. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, you know our medical people, um, you know, put him in what is called our concussion protocol. I, I don't know what you know the specifics are, but but it certainly. Um, triggered our protocol for concussion i don't know what the medical you know um you know bar is for that um but i can tell you this that um he has moved through these stages um to the point where as i mentioned uh, to say that that um he worked out this morning ran 20 miles an hour um and today we'll be able to practice in a non-contact fashion. So um, if, if he goes through today's practice, um, then then we'll decide, you know, what's his preparation level, you know, compared to, um, you know, Nussmeyer's preparation level and make a decision on, on who would start on Saturday. So there you go. Let's go to Billy here. My thing is, are they afraid of Alabama or something? Because they are just like any other team that can be beat by anyone. Okay. I understand. Trust me, I hate Alabama as much as you do. They are not any other team. Okay. Nick Saban is the best coach ever for a reason. Okay. They're hard as hell to beat. And that's all there is to it. They're hard as hell to beat. Um. Nick is uh, buttoned up, and they consistently fight back from deficits unlike any program you'll see in college football, okay? We've seen it this year. Tennessee, up 20-7, to no big deal. They come back and win. Arkansas jumped on them early, no big deal, okay? We jump on them early, 7-0. 28 to 21 in the early in the second half. No big deal. 21 unanswered. No big deal. They that Nick Nick is that dude, man. He he might be 70 gazillion years old. He might do things I disagree with strictly from a football standpoint. I hate the hell out of him for saying what he said to Aaron Anderson. I don't think you should ever say that to a kid. Um but he's a goat. I mean, he, he every year he's got a top five roster in terms of talent, and you know they're a different breed, right? They're machines. Um, they're they're mentally smart on defense. They communicate well, and what makes that really impressive is this guy's replacing coordinators almost every year, right? He's he's that guy. I mean, like, you know, that's that's what kind of concerns me about Kirby's reign. Kirby is actually a really good coach. It's not just that these guys have the best players. Okay. Uh, they, they, they are coached at an extremely high level. Okay. But once again, Kirby learned everything he learned from Nick. 
So, you know, the, those guys are are legends, and then you know, Brian Kelly is 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 in that same stratosphere. Um, he's just got to win a national championship to firmly cement himself with those coaches, right? Um, so take that for what it's worth. You might not like the truth, but it's the truth. As a program, we still have a while to get there. And the good thing, as you as an LSU fan, is Brian Kelly is very much aware of that because he told you this before the season even began. Okay? Now, I do have something here towards the end. And I was saving it because, you know, obviously it's all a bunch of negativity this week. And for, I mean, it's not negativity for the sake of being negative like some LSU fans. It's just some some true serum. Okay. Um, I didn't see this Rumble Road. I mean, they're both from Florida, so they probably know each other. Um, here's Trey. Maybe some good news. Josh Newberg and on three predicts Bryce Underwood to LSU. Okay. It is good news. I, I do think Bryce Underwood is that dude. I, I really like him. Okay. He is a can't miss five star quarterback. He is the eighth highest ranked quarterback in the history of the 247 composite. And he would be the second best recruit LSU has ever had. Behind only Leonard Fournette. Okay. Um, obviously, this would be a colossal, colossal um, land, if you ask me. You know, if we, if we do get him, it sets up one of the craziest quarterback rooms we've ever had at LSU. Okay. Obviously, Ricky Collins, obviously Garrett Nussmeyer uh, for next season, but the backups to Garrett would be Ricky, then Colin Hurley, then Bryce Underwood. Okay? So, sets up really nicely, and a whole lot could change from there until then. I think the one piece of news, Trey, that will probably change for LSU over the next five-ish or so months, I do think LSU will be in the market for a transfer portal quarterback. I do. Um, you know, I it, but it all depends on how LSU feels about Ricky Collins and his development um, at this point. So if Ricky takes some strides in, in the next couple of weeks in practice, that, that might change your opinion on if they need to go out and go get a QB. But we'll see. Do you want to welcome LD88 along with Forbes? He is a patron. So on Patreon right now, as LD88 figured out earlier today, I released my breakdown of all of Garrett Nussmeyer's reps versus Alabama. Okay, what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, one thing that was very underrated that was working against Garrett Nussmeyer on that drive, uh, on those drives, that nobody else has mentioned except for your boy, it's all on Patreon, patreon.com slash LSU football. Okay?
I think this is a good comment from Noah. Um, yeah, I'm very beatable. And, you know, I I go back to this, though, with, with Nick. When can you point to him having just an awful unit? Like, just some area of the game of football where his team is just pitiful. It's rare, right? Now, a lot of that has to do with the talent he recruits. But the fact that you really just can't point to any one unit that you can just say, hey, this year their offense was bad, bad. This year their defense was bad, bad. And obviously the special teams issues that he used to have 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 been mostly fixed. Come on, Jay Madison. That's just not true. It, it really is just not true, right? Uh, should they have gotten in Dallas Turner's face? Sure, but we've done that quite a bit, right? Uh, getting in someone's face after uh, someone got hit, right? Mason Taylor did it after Jaden got hit, speared uh, versus Missouri. Um, our defense is, is protected our guys, but I, I would never, unless I truly do believe it. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think calling anyone soft is, is, is justified here. Right now, were there some moments in the Ole Miss game in particular where I felt, you know what, we're, I don't think we're actually going in there as hard as we possibly could. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and, could we be more aggressive? Could we have that dog in us a little bit more? Yeah, I think so. I think we're missing a little bit of a killer instinct, if you will. Um, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. And you're right, Josh. This is definitely one of Saban's. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it like a bottom five Saban team. Obviously, you know, that, that team that lost ULM is probably his worst team, but... Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the weaker teams. I, I would say so. Yeah, I agree with this cliff. And and the thing is the Bama offensive line played better versus Tennessee and they had started trending in the right direction. They still should not have dominated us as bad as we got dominated. Okay. I'll take a few more. Once again, if we super chat, we'll keep going for a little bit longer. Um, once again, our top super chatter at this point has been Rob. I appreciate you, Rob, so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we didn't talk a whole lot about Womack earlier with the, the true freshman um, situation. Everybody, welcome Nick E to the channel. 
That's true. A lot could change, you're right. Quan says if we had a spy in the whole time, we win. I do agree with that. Uh, at the very least, it's close. It's not a 14-point game where they're pulling away, right? Um, so there you go. Yeah, it's true, but, you know, the defense also used to have, you know, Tyron Matthew, Jamal Adams, Arden Key, and we just, I don't know, we don't really have, I mean, we do have some difference makers. We just, they're just not playing at that level. You know, one thing I think that would be interesting is, I don't know, I I would more than any other time with any other LSU football team, I would love to sit in on, on a meeting room, right? A defensive meeting room and just go through some of the tape that they're watching. And I'd be interested to see if some of the things that I see are getting brought up because, you know, I think one, and once again, I think we already touched about touch on the Bryce Underwood thing. I wanted to save it for the very end because I wanted to end on a high note. Okay. One thing that I think it's it's is pivotal, absolutely pivotal to keep in mind here. Okay. And before I say this, let me one thing um that it's, it's so crucial to keep in mind about this this defense is they did do – I've said they don't do anything well. They did do a good job not giving up the, the explosive passing plays, right? But, man, it's, 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 it's just so crazy to me that we just could not get one big stop, right? And on, on the very first drive, we did use a QB spy. Um, now, they converted a third down, but at least we – didn't let Milrow run on us. And we did eventually get a sack on, on a twist on and, and staying in our gaps. Right. Um, but man, it's, it's painful. It's really, 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 really painful. Huh? 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 Um, one final thing though. Once again, Bryce Underwood, please commit to LSU. There is a piece of me that thinks the Army and Auburn game set us back defensively. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you actually go back and listen to the the, the defensive film studies, I kept saying, hey, yeah, they only scored 18 combined points in two consecutive games, but the film showed that it really wasn't that great of a defensive performance, right? We were just going up against teams that – aren't good offensively that lack special skill position talent. We, if you factor in army, if you factor in Auburn, if you factor in the bye week, the Alabama game was the first competitive game that we had really played in a month. Right. And it was also the first competitive game that we played in a month away from tiger stadium. So, you know, the schedule was kind of weird. Right? You played two back-to-back road games. Then you 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 sat out. 
and then it was back on the road after a bye week. Could the Army and Auburn game have led us to think that some of the things that we weren't doing well, such as missing tackles in the front seven, getting out of our gaps, losing contain and pass rush lane integrity, those three things in particular really hurt us. We still did those things versus Army and Auburn, but they only scored 18 points, and it made us think, well, now that we got it fixed. Well, we didn't have it fixed, right? And we did, and on a high note. What's up, Walter? Good to see you. Uh, I will answer that Bob Diaco question in the Discord because I do need to go. Thank you guys so much. Once again, our top super chatter is Rob G. Uh, and uh, we'll see you in the PHL Patreon. But yes, Rob, uh, Walter, I, I would be open uh, to somebody else calling the shots. But at this point, I did, you know, I don't know. I, I will. Unless you're really thinking about Diaco being the guy next year, I don't know how much you actually gain from that. But we'll talk to you soon. It is power hour. LSU, boom. We'll be live tomorrow night. So we will see you there at 8.15. We'll have a special guest. And tonight, it's gumbo night three, baby. Let's go.